Thanks for joining us for season one's finale of If That Makes Sense. We'll be coming back to you with a brand new season in the fall. And in the meantime, Family Life has you covered, though, with other original podcast content. Check out Therese Talk with Family Life's Therese Maine and Sonny Delfiette's new podcast, The Sunny Side. Now let's listen in to what's coming up on today's conversation. People are hard to hate close up, so we need to move in. And when you're pressing into people, I'm seeing you much more for who you are than the way you act or the things you believe or your lifestyle or whatever or your political agenda. Hmm. I'm, I'm caring more about you first. Thanks for listening to If That Makes Sense, and it's the last episode of the season. I'm Tim. I'm Mary. I'm Robbie. And I'm Mike. I think that what we're doing at this episode is like looking back, kind of, to look forward. It's a kind of Janice-themed thing. Now, here comes the definition. When you say Janice, I immediately think friends. (laughs) Janice. That was Sorry. A very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking of Janus, which oh, okay. is like a Roman god. I think Roman or Greek. Got it. Um, Got it. <laughs> see, in the last episode, you talk about heathen gods too, which is the <laughs> the god who had a face looking forwards and a face looking backwards. Mm. And he was the he she. Hmm. Don't actually know there. I'm not that culture. <laughs> Essentially, the point was, it was the god of transitions. Hence where we get the name January, the beginning Whoa. of a new year, Didn't know that. the end Didn't know of that. the last wow. year. My wow. mind's blown. Yeah. So this, we're looking backwards and looking forwards because it's it's a fitting thing to do at the end of one season before we, we go into the next. Sometimes I, I think to myself, I don't really feel qualified to talk about some of the things we talk about. Mm-hmm. None of us are mm-hmm. professionals on, I don't think, anything that we've talked about in this whole one very long protracted season that has spanned three different years. That's crazy. True. Just think about that. 2019, 2020, 2021. Just started three in different years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. November 2019. I just don't yeah. feel like... Sometimes I'm like, man, do I really have the right to talk about some of these? <laughs> but then the question is, well, what are you trying to accomplish? What's the point of if that makes sense? And I think we each try to ask ourselves that each time we come to a topic. Mm-hmm. For me, I see the point of it as being, it's kind of summed up in the title of the show, right? Like it's not saying, here is the professional opinion. Here is what experts say about the Bible. Here's what experts say about race in America. Here's what experts say about what have you fill in the blank. No, I don't presume to do that. It's just, here's how I see it, if that makes sense. How do you see it? Here you go. I yeah. don't know. Maybe it's right. Maybe it's wrong. This is just what's coming out of yeah. my brain right now. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Like, I'm just wondering, what, what difference does that even make, though? Like, what's the point of having those kind of conversations? Well, I feel like even if you look at something, maybe not controversial issues, but I feel like there's things about God that are just unknowable and unsearchable and my ways are higher than your ways. And so in some ways you're like, well, it's futile. There's no point in talking about it. But at the same point, I feel like God wants us to keep just exploring his character and his nature and his unexplorableness. I feel like he somehow still wants us to explore it. Like we will never reach into the outer reaches of space, but we've gone to the moon Mm -hmm. and we look through telescopes. We keep trying to, you know, I feel like it helps us understand the vastness. And so, you know, you can have a conversation like, so 
did God make Eve eat the fruit or did she – do we really have free will? <laughs> I don't know, you know? And I don't know. Is there an answer to that? Yes. And I feel like at the end of the day, no one can really come in and say, well, here's the I'm answer. Sure. sure. You know, like, oh, harden Pharaoh's heart. Like, well, why would God do that? Well, was he? Was it his choice or was it this or was uh-huh. it – but I feel like he is just kind of up there like, this is good. Hmm. You are talking about me. Hmm. You're thinking about me. That's what I want you to do. You're never going to understand me, which is fine because you can't. But I want you to at least keep talking about me and exploring me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even Mm -hmm. if you'll never Mm -hmm. know the right answer. Yeah. It's kind of almost like a a weekly. This is a weekly event where I take something and figure out what I believe about it. Until I'm forced to actually convey something to somebody else, I don't actually know what I believe. I just know all this information. So, well, that's cool. I really that look forward really cool. to it. I love it. That's awesome. Very cool. If you can't teach it, you don't know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I have similar thoughts to everyone who's this is normal. It just happens to be this way. <laughs> I have similar thoughts to what everyone is saying that it's I think it's really good for us to be talking about hard topics and things that if we had a choice, we would just not think about it, you know? Like mm-hmm. I would prefer to not have to think about persecution of the church. Mm. But because that was a topic that we talked about, I had to go, okay, so what do I actually think about this? What and and this applies to pretty much every topic we've talked about. What what do I think about this? What do I I believe about this? And sort of like evaluating my own personal worldview. And then I've also really enjoyed that we can come together and talk about it and sort of compare what do each of us think about this and um, helps grow our own worldviews. And um, I think one thing that is is hard to do is that all of us have sort of come from very similar places growing up. We've come from places of belief that are very, very similar. So when we're talking about a topic, we very often come to the same exact conclusion. <laughs> but the negative side of that is we don't hear the opposite end of things. What about someone who has a completely different worldview or a completely different opinion on this? That's somewhere where I'm thinking, okay, well, that could be a lot more interesting to listen to, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, just No, no, thoughts. that's really, really good. When it comes to having conversations among believers, part of what's difficult is... If you're from a certain kind of background, if you're in a certain kind of Christian circle, there is the expected opinion on most given topics. There is a nominal acknowledgement of an acceptance of different opinions. We don't have to believe all the same things, but there's also (laughs) kind of an expected Oh, yeah, but real Christians think this. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're going to say this so that if you don't believe this, you don't feel like super uncomfortable. But we're also going to super judge you if you don't agree. <laughs> right. right. And I'm not going to name right now any specific issues where I think that that kind of thing comes up because that's not what we're talking about is the issues. We're talking about how we talk about issues. Right. So mm-hmm. how... Very meta. Right. But um, <laughs> But the point then is, though, that I don't think that's a really healthy thing. Even to say, what's the Christian perspective on blank? That phrase, just that phrase, whatever happens to be in that blank, 
there is a spectrum, I think, of whether or not there is one Christian perspective on that. Because correct me if I'm wrong here, but I know a lot of believers who disagree on some pretty touchy issues. And I don't have an answer for this. So, you know, I don't expect you all to be like, here's how you do it, Tim. But how do you talk about touchy issues without just reaffirming what, quote, quote, our side believes? Mike did research on it beforehand, so... He's got a couple of books. He knows. I I talk to people smarter than me. Oh, good. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting that you were talking about sort of being in the middle of two sides because, ironically, I was reading a book. (laughs) So all all these ideas are good ones because they came from a book. If it was a good book. It was a good book. And in it, the author talks about um, what she calls braving the wilderness and how our society is so quick to want to be accepted that we jump either to this side or to this side. Either we're this politically or this politically. Either we're this spiritually or this. It's one extreme or the other. And she says that the wilderness is that place where you're alone. You're not on a bandwagon with anybody. You're alone. You're in the place where your convictions lead you. And usually something's not black or white. Usually there's the truth is found somewhere in the middle. If what you're saying is making both sides uncomfortable, then you're probably doing something right. I don't know how that ties into anything. It, it ties in like perfectly is how it ties in. <laughs> Who is this author and what is this book? So the book's called Braving the Wilderness. It's by a, a lady named Brene Brown, and she's a social scientist slash storyteller. She has the number one viewed TED Talk out there, and she's written all sorts of books on being human and vulnerability and imperfections, and this one is on belonging, and belonging is different than fitting in. So I was thinking about what could be called us-themism with what you said about picking a side mm-hmm. and stereotypes and stuff. Like the the path of least resistance is to just break down into being, I'm one of them mm-hmm. or I'm one of them. And we're the good guys and they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Then the bad guy just gets to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. You don't have to consider how they see things. There's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now there's no moral line that I yeah. see. Yes. Yeah. It's over there. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And to take it a step further, not only is it us, <laughs> oh them, it, the idea is if you're not with us, you're against us. Mm. So suddenly, suddenly, if you're other, you're the enemy. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. she talks about is why there's this divide that's growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because you have to be on the right side and the side that you're not on, you're an enemy to. Hmm. Hmm. Before anybody says, wait, that sounds like those are Jesus words that you're saying aren't a good thing. Because he does say, if you're not with Mm -hmm. me, you're against me. Mm -hmm. It's important to recognize that Jesus (laughs) deliberately says things because he wants to get you to dig deeper and see what he means in that context. Mm -hmm. So I think that that there's a lot of wisdom in, in not accepting in these social cultural terms a philosophy that says, look, if you're not with me, you're against me. Because... Well, then what happens to to cooperation? If you're trying to avoid an argument, it's never good to plug your ears. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, wisdom nuggets from Mary. Ta-da. <laughs> Ta-da. 
Praise Ooh, God. Look at that. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> look at you're using it. So Mary and I were having a conversation the other day about how to accept compliments. Mm, so awkward. She's working on oh, it. It's really Mary. I'd hate she it. can't say thank oh. you yet. <laughs> But no. she's gotten the step of being able to say praise God, which I introduced her to. That <laughs> if you get a compliment, you can just say praise God because the then, credit can always go to him anyways, and it always really yeah. should in the well, end. Exactly. Good job, Mary. Go. Good job on ex- on, on deflecting no. that compliment to the yeah. Lord. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good hey. deflection. Praise God. <laughs> I'm squirming over here, guys. <laughs> I actually do want to ask a question about this this Brene Brown lady. Yeah. Um, she's not talking about that from a Christian perspective, is she? It's just no. a sociological perspective? Yeah, this is, this is not... You wouldn't find this book in the Christian bookstore. Okay. So she was talking about how people are hard to hate close up, so we need to move in, which is what we've already been saying here. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the, the macro them us, it's the individual level. And... Mm-hmm. It's so easy to stand back and then start spewing things. Mm-hmm. And social media is a huge place where that happens because it's so impersonal. You can type it and then take no credit for it ever. But how would you feel saying that same thing to your next door neighbor who maybe doesn't think like you, mm-hmm. but you would never lump them into that category that you just just made in your head? So... I I really liked that idea of don't move away from the things that aren't like you and the things that make you uncomfortable. Move in closer. And I think at the end of the day, probably most of humanity is looking for similar things. I was just having a conversation with someone not 30 minutes ago, and he brought up a point that I we don't see eye to eye on But what we did realize is we're both looking for the same thing. The church needs to be more loving to these people and stop hating them so much and stop saying, change your ways before we accept you. I agree 100% with him on that. I don't agree with everything about the conversation, but we, at the end, there's that, that common ground that we shared. And so just moving in when people bristle bristle your skin what do they bristle i don't know know. um (laughs) bristle your hair you made such a good point i don't want to lose it on the bristles here okay (laughs) when people rub you the wrong way (laughs) ruffle your feathers i think is what you're looking for yeah bristle your others your brother yeah (laughs) yeah no man don't don't pull back i like that's when you got to lean in that's really Mm. good people are hard to hate up close was it Mm -hmm. oh man Oftentimes we are typically after the same thing, you know, oh, we want peace and safety. Therefore, guns are not allowed. And some people are like, no, we need guns because they will protect us. And it's like you both want want the the school to be safe. Mm. None of you is like, I actually hope someone will come in and shoot all the children. You're both hoping that school shootings stop. Right, right. You just don't agree on the best way to, to get there. And basically that's the same for every you issue. Can, yeah. You can yeah. boil that down with everything. You talk about coronavirus. Yeah. You talk about yeah. We all want to. We all want to be things. right. People aren't saying no. Actually, this problem is probably not a problem. People are saying yeah, it's a problem. How do we fix it? Right. And I think the hard thing is that people aren't acknowledging the similarities. They're only looking at 
differences oh. most of the time. Most of the time. So, for example, the gun control type of argument, people, I don't hear people going, yes, I want schools to be safe. Therefore, I just hear people going, therefore, <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you know, they're not acknowledging, they're not acknowledging the, shared. the shared concern. And I think that's mm. definitely a sad thing and something that is probably a big reason for why there are so many divisions in all types of situations and issues. And can I be very controversial? Of course. And I don't say, like disagreements. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> and say, I think that's why we have so much friction and not progress in some of our most dearly held issues, like abortion and, and, and pro-choice, pro-life yeah. situations, because we are... I'm going to say the us them thing because that's how we phrase this. On our side, we are so um, rightfully respectful of human life that we find abhorrent the concept that there could be anything else that trumps that. That comes from a good place because human life is is the most sacred thing we have on on earth because it's God's image in us. The problem, though, is we then aren't even able to see why somebody else— has a different opinion. Like I've I've heard it put before, the frustration that pro-choice people have of pro-life people never even asking why would someone want an abortion. Right. And when I first heard that, I thought, well, of course, why would I ask why you would have an abortion? Because it's, it's wrong. So why would I ask? Why would I bother myself to think of why somebody might do it? It's the wrong choice. So I don't need to grapple with their circumstances that had them make that choice. I'm in the wrong here. I might be right about the sanctity of life, but I'm wrong when I write off somebody else's life and circumstances that led them to the place where they're at. Right. Well, and if you see someone as a monster, you're not going to, you don't feel like you have to justify your actions because you see them as they're wrong. They're doing something awfully terrible. And therefore, anything that I do to stop that justifies the means. Mm -hmm. It's not how mm-hmm. that works, <laughs> mm-hmm. but well, I I did I did read a book. I listened to it. I listened to a book. Look at that. Um, by the a lady who was an abortion worked in an abortion clinic, and mm. when she started, she was all about like women women's health. Like I want to help women, and she sort of got into it because she was like, well, this is a way to help women who are in distress. Mm-hmm. This lady got into it because she's like, I want to help women. Mm-hmm. And how could all these people, all these people hate women? They're all lining up saying, murderers, you're killing your baby to these traumatized women who are walking into the clinic. Here's all these Christians bashing mm-hmm. these hurt, traumatized women who are looking for an answer. And she's like, I'm here to help these women. These people are here just to condemn these women. They, they don't even know they don't even know this woman's story. And then eventually she pulled out of it. You have to see the human in the situation. You can't just see the issue at hand. Just on this this subject, something that I've thought before is how easy, again, it is to get on one side or the other and look at the other side in hatred and um, murderer, or baby killer, or whatever, and... I have to think, if I believed that life didn't start at conception, if I didn't believe that 
every person was created in the image of God, then logically there's no problem with abortion. Mm. And, you know, you're not killing a baby if that's, if that's your belief. And so I think, I think that we forget that we start from different beliefs and that right. Right. infers the actions we take. It's, I don't think it's that everybody understands that every person is made in the image of God and some people just decide, well, I don't care about that. We're going this way. I think it starts from different beliefs. Which circles back to the, to the heart. You right, know, like, right. I was just going to say, like, that's why worldview is so important. Just think, okay, so I know that this opinion that I have comes from this belief. But I also need to recognize that someone else, their worldview is going to be very different from mine. Therefore, their view on this topic is going to be different from mine. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah. And yep. none of what we're saying here means that we don't believe abortion is wrong. Of course we do. Mm-hmm. None of this means that we shouldn't do everything we can to protect human life. Of, of course we believe we should do that. What we are saying is we need to start humanizing the people we disagree with. We need to start acknowledging that most of them are probably normal, compassionate, regular human human beings. Mm -hmm. Most of them probably aren't. The ones who are in it for the money, the the maybe the people at the very top are. I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not talking about Planned Parenthood CEOs or anything here. I'm talking about the people that you that live on your street that see things differently than you. Mm-hmm. We need to be willing to acknowledge that they're probably compassionate, kind human people, human beings like you, who because they start at a different worldview, like you said, Mary. Right. Right. They are trying to probably also achieve an end that we would agree is a good thing if they really think that they're after women's health or if they right. really think they're after helping people who are poor. Well, those are good things, but you're pursuing it in drastically destructive ways. <laughs> that needs to change. Mm-hmm. But how is that going to change unless we – how are we going to change minds unless we humanize first right. the people we disagree with instead of right. demonize them? And when you're pressing into people – I'm seeing you much more for who you are than the way you act or the things you believe or your lifestyle or whatever or your political agenda. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm caring more about you first. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't be looking at people's behavior. Fix your behavior. Behavior, behavior. No, no. They're mm-hmm. behaving that way because of what's mm-hmm. going on in here. Yeah. And if yeah. you can love this thing in here and let Jesus, because you can't do it. He's pointing <laughs> to his heart. When you let Jesus transform this... The rest will follow. So do these conversations, do these conversations amongst us who think similarly help us do that? And to the extent they do help us press in to those who aren't like us, who don't think like us, then they're good and they're helpful and we need to keep having them. But if they polarize us, if they galvanize us in the opinions we already have and on the side we're already on in such a way that we're not willing to listen to and reach out, then they're unhelpful. If this podcast can help us, yes, find where we agree and what we're similar on and what we believe about things, but also be willing to reach out and get close, move in close to those who don't see it the same way and try to work with them, try to show them the winsomeness of Christ, then it's a good thing. 
I hope we can do more of that. Thank you so much for joining us for season one of If That Makes Sense, the Family Life original podcast about what life is really like as a Christian in your 20s. As we've said, we're coming back to you with a brand new season this fall. So stay subscribed and look for that new content coming from us. For a full list of Family Life original podcasts, just go to familylife.org slash podcast, and you can find each of them in your favorite podcast app. Once again, thank you so much, and we're already looking forward to talking with you next season. Thank you.